So it's being reported that in Charlottetown, which is in Prince Edward Sound or up there somewhere, you know, if you look at the map, it's up there somewhere, uh, is uh, being touted as this great humanitarian move from the police department and the neighborhood because they rescued a seal that was wiggling down the sidewalk, walking the way seals do down the sidewalk in this town uh, who apparently was disoriented and on some kind of uh, mind-altering drug that made it leave its natural habitat and start scrolling in town. And this lady said she saw it on the sidewalk. She called 911, and you know they they rescued it. They called the they called the fish and wildlife people in Canada. Uh, you know whatever they're called in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> they uh you know they got a blanket and they took care of it and the uh the people from the uh federal department of fisheries and oceans said that uh you know hey we just need to return it back into its natural habitat and it's just a wonderful thing that happened when really what happened is this out of control police department uh, arrested what appeared to be a disoriented high seal walking down the street and how do we know that it was proven by an interview man on the street interview which we love here on chewing the fat a man on the street interview who said he witnessed the arrest yeah ted beer reporting live from the neighborhood saying exactly what he saw police arresting a seal this world is out of control out of control Welcome to Chewing the Fat. We know it's been reported that it's because of climate change and uh, global warming. We already believe that it's the lack of sea ice in the maritime waters during the winter that uh, is screwing up the seals, and that's why they come on shore. Oh, okay. Um, it was one seal who decided to, I don't know, come into town, do a little drinking, <laughs> buy some illegal drug, and just hang out, try to get away from the other seals for a while. And we thought better of it and arrested him and returned him to the other seals. If I was that seal, I would be really upset. <laughs> oh, man. And did you see, I tell you, I tell you what, I'd like to know how this actually happens. Um... They're flying an airplane in the Sudan uh, to Qatar or Qatar or Gutter, uh, and they were forced to return to its departure point after a loose cat was in the cockpit. So they take off, and then all of a sudden, this cat starts jumping around, uh, scratching the pilot, and they're all freaked out. Ah, uh, yeah. And so why is this cat uh, in the cockpit? Why is the cat on the plane to begin with? Uh, that's what I want to know. So the, uh, the pilot just, uh, they tried to uh, contain him and the cat was having none of it. And so they returned. <laughs> uh, we're sorry. We're going to have to return. Uh, this, this would never happen on Fisher Air. We're not going to, we're going to have to return to our, uh, to our to our airport, uh, we've got a mad cat in here. I mean, you hear the cat jumping around. 
That is amazing. And in the story, it talks about how there have been other times, and I thought, really? Because I was trying to remember if other animals, now obviously we have the, you know, the animals that you can take with you that are your, uh, you know, service animals. And there's been, you know, a couple of stories where, you know, maybe one has bitten another passenger or something like that. But wild animals, you know, snakes on a plane. I think we all saw the movie. But uh, there's stories out there where a passenger was stung by a scorpion while in the air. And other flights have had scorpions on them. And I was, um, no, uh, no. I mean, you've got to have especially in today's world, right, with their new cleaning initiatives that is going on during COVID uh, at every airline and airport in America. So this airline in uh, the Sudan heading to Qatar, don't they have heightened cleaning services, activities? I mean, you're talking about... uh, electrostatic spraying to disinfect the planes you're disinfecting touch area bases on the plan prior to boarding you're using new you know hepa filters and all that but it's the cleaning disinfecting plan that you'd think would catch i don't know a scorpion or a cat in the cockpit you'd think that would be you think that would happen wouldn't you but apparently not apparently not i mean the i mean the airlines are in trouble right they uh they better find a way to turn some things around i know we're supposed to bail them out and they're supposed to get a bunch of money but when you're looking at uh last year at this time and it's almost over we're going to start getting uh comparable numbers from the lockdown to how many people are flying now but in 2020 at this time the airlines had 1,736,393 through the turnstile. And this year, they had 782,727 through the turnstile yesterday. Uh, just incredible, right? And we still have uh, people arguing and fighting on airlines. They're claiming racial slurs and they're doing everything that they possibly can to turn flights around. They have people being uh, being banned from flying. Uh, you know, I know they just banned the New Jersey gym owner who defied the lockdown. I quoted him yesterday uh, talking about the masks from uh, uh, Ian Smith, right? He and he did his thing of not wearing a mask and showed showed him. Uh, you know, he was uh, he's now banned from the carrier of American Airlines um, that uh, because you uh, it's regarding our face mask coverings plan oh okay Uh, so he uh, received an email from American Airlines saying that uh, you know yes you're banned and that's it so he you know people they're banning people all the time he's on their list I know and they've all got their lists going on now. It's incredible. And they have their um, their internal refuse list that they all go by. Just incredible. And they're also getting sued. 
by people. One guy is suing him because you get the text messages to make uh, make you catch a flight on time. And so now there's a class action lawsuit uh, against United Airlines in the state of Hawaii that the flight update text messages <laughs> that are meant to keep customers informed and prevent them from missing a flight had drained his cell phone battery and invaded his privacy. Yeah. Right? Right? How dare they? So he uh, he accuses United of flagrant breaches of Telephone Consumer Project Protection Act. And uh, okay. So he claims that, uh, you know, it also impl- applies to automated text messages, which he signed up for and then said, no, I don't want them anymore. But they continued to send them. And because they continued to send them, uh, that caused his cell phone to drain and not have any power and damn them. So good luck. Good luck. I mean, we've got pictures of people getting thrown off the plane, according to uh, the video, that they were getting kicked off the plane because they were Hasidic Jews. Now, of course, Frontier. Frontier has denied this and said, no, that's not the reason. Um, Really? Because it sure looked like it. According to Frontier, members of the large group, including adults, refused to wear masks as Flight 2878 was preparing for departure. A repeated request to comply with federal law necessitated their removal from the flight. The issue did not stem from a child under two. Really? Because it sure looked that way. I mean, I'm pretty sure you've seen the video now. Uh, You know, the coverage of the family and their two-year-old baby that wasn't wearing a mask. And that's what everyone on the plane was saying. Uh, and there were plenty of people on the plane happy about getting the Jews kicked off. And uh, I believe that the flight ended up just being canceled, right? Because everybody was all wound up about it. So uh, I know you think that, uh, you know, it's Neanderthal thinking, President Biden, of uh, the Texas and Mississippi governors for uh, getting rid of the state mandate mask wearing. But people are still making people wear masks and there's still plenty of Karens out there. Uh, heaven forbid that the president of the United States of America say that he believes in personal responsibility and that people should make their own choices and that businesses and individuals should make their own choices. No, no, We can't have that. Not anymore. Not in today's world. So Google said that they're going to stop tracking users across the Internet, their searches, and they're going to, you know, they do that to sell you targeted ads. They said that uh, people shouldn't have to accept being tracked across the Web in order to get the benefits of relevant advertising. Huh. And that comes from the director of product management, We'll see how long he has a job, although that may be something, you know, coming from uh, the top because it makes him look good. Now, they also uh, seem to think in the story that, uh, yeah, we're going to stop doing that. But we've got a new algorithm that is going to just track groups of people. So we're not going to just track specific people. We're not going to do that anymore. (laughs) Wow, are you dumb? 
we're not going to just track specific people we, we promise we won't do that anymore but we make a lot of money with those targeted ads so we're just going to track groups of people that's okay just not specific people right okay all right that's why i feel so much better when i use expressvpn i know i know the look they're already tracking censoring and spying on you and their your internet activity is being monitored no matter what uh they can say that they're not going to do it but you know that they are but with expressvpn at least you can hide your true identity for those companies and i love it i I tell you i click on and i start up my computer and expressvpn comes on and says that it's on and it just makes okay good good Uh, it's good to go i mean everything you search for watch or click online can be tracked by the big tech companies Uh, then they match your activity to your true identity using your device's unique ip address when expressvpn comes on and it comes on your computer your phone your IP address is masked by the secure VPN server. So it makes it harder for websites to identify you and me. Uh, the ExpressVPN app also encrypts network data to protect sensitive information from being compromised. Plus, you can use ExpressVPN on up to five devices simultaneously. So your whole family can stay safe with a single subscription. What I like most about it? Easy to use for dummies like me one click protects all your devices that's why they're rated number one vpn by cnet and wired so stop handing over your data to big tech companies even if they say they're not going to take it anymore don't believe them and defend your rights with the vpn i trust for online protection visit expressvpn.com slash jeffy expressvpn.com slash jeffrey uh e-x-p-r-e-s-s-v-p-n dot c-o-m slash s-l-a-s-h jeffy j-e-f-f-y expressvpn.com slash jeffy j-e-f-f-y get three extra months free if you do that and use expressvpn.com slash jeffy expressvpn.com slash jeffrey go there and learn more right now so i see where uh ralph lauren is it ralph lauren ralph lauren ralph lauren ralph lauren you can go to ralph lauren look.com and uh, start renting clothes in their uh in their new rental initiative 125 bucks a month gets you unlimited swaps and complimentary shipping both ways wow that's really worth it i mean the shipping is one of the most expensive things so it includes uh loren loren women and loren petite with sizes ranging from zero petite to 24w uh one thing about ralph loren is that they don't have really special fat guy clothing um i've learned that over the years i love a lot of ralph loren products but they don't necessarily fit (laughs) uh the extra like the double x 
from Ralph Lauren is not Fat Guy Double X. And uh, so uh, that's a that's an issue for me with Ralph Lauren. And I love a lot of the products that uh, Ralphie creates. Anyway, uh, it, it's going to feature 600 pieces, including daywear, special occasion, denim and loungewear. For spring, think crisp navy suiting, tie front broadcloth dresses, and floaty floral skirts. And you can explore an entirely new model. Yes, you can. That's great. Um, here's how it works. A subscriber browses the site. You place 10 or more pieces in a virtual fashion closet, and you highlight your favorites. The company sends you four of the picks in a shipment. As soon as the entire return is in transit, a new order will leave for a $7 upcharge. This means they're going to charge you $7 more. A member can rent four specific items with expedited shipping. And they're going to be dry cleaned using non-Toski products between rentals and keepers are available for purchase at a discount, usually about a third lower than retail. When the item and items reach their rental cap, and it doesn't say what their rental cap is, the company will donate them to Delivering Good, a nonprofit benefiting at-risk families and children, which is cool. I mean, that's a good thing, right? But I, I don't know. How, what's the rental cap? How many times is that thing going to get worn before it goes to delivering good? That's a good question that I want answered. But it's kind of a cool thing. I mean, you know, whatever. It's, uh, you can rent. That's a good way for you to rent Ralph Lauren clothes that you wouldn't normally have. I mean, you already have Rent the Runway, right? Rent the, rent the Runway. I can't even say it. Rent the Runway. And you can get your gowns and, you know, I love renting my gowns from Rent the Runway. And, uh, it looks so darn nice. <laughs> you know, so I want to know what the cap is. Somebody from Ralphie, give me a call here at Chewing the Fat. And I want to know what the rental cap is. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something desperately to drink. Oh, yeah, it's cold. Oh. Oh my gosh. So good. Hey, let me remind you to uh, subscribe to this podcast. If you are listening to the show right now and you are not a subscriber, well, you know, thank you for listening, but you need to become a subscriber. So you can subscribe on the platform that you're listening on, or you can choose another platform. There's a plethora of platforms out there that carry the show, and you can choose whatever one you like. Yeah, everything like such as iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify. Or whatever one warms the cockles of your heart. And then just subscribe to the show. And if that platform allows you to rate and review the show, please do so. It helps others find the show. So, And you know what? I know you have a lot to do and a lot to worry about. So just subscribe. And then if it allows you to rate it, rate it 20 stars. Best podcast ever. And you're done. You don't even think about it. You just do it. And so you don't have to try to think of something witty to say. You don't have to try to be nice. You don't have to be try to be mean. Just 20 stars, best podcast ever. And you're good to go. Okay? All right. Thank you very much. So I see where uh, Elon uh, had another rocket ship explode. Uh, incredible. Incredible. I know it wasn't Elon. It was SpaceX, Jeff. Okay. Yeah, I know. But... Amazing. When I saw the footage originally, I thought it's not real. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was a deep fake. 
And I, I watched it a couple times yesterday. If you're listening to this show live on the 4th of March, 2021, uh, yesterday is the day that the uh, spaceship uh, exploded uh, on, the, uh, on the pad. It landed perfectly this time, coming down like it's supposed to, sat there for about eight minutes, and then just exploded. Uh, I don't think that's what was supposed to have happened. Uh, I could almost bet that wasn't supposed to happen. But the incredible thing to me was that I didn't think it was real. Uh, It's just amazing. And uh, I don't know what's going to go on. I know that, uh, you know, I know Elon, you know, wants to start his own city now down in uh, Texas called Starbase. And uh, good for him. You know, Texas is not going to tell him no. Uh, You go ahead. Come up with your own city. Starbase, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And, uh, you know, he already has his, uh, you know, it's down there in Cameron County, Texas, where the, you know, where their site is. So just let him do what he wants. He can come up with his own little town, his own little SpaceX town. That's fine. Don't worry about it. But it was just amazing to see this prototype explode on the landing. I mean, it was just amazing. It it was the Starship Rocket Serial Number 10 or SN10. It went up about 32,800 feet before returning to land on the concrete pad. A few minutes later, it landed perfectly, and then then it exploded. Uh, it was just uh, incredible, and I, you know, I don't want that to happen to any rocket ship, especially with people in it. All right, I know they've got the big, uh, the rich guy now is, uh, uh, oh, what's his name from, uh, from Japan, the billionaire, uh, Yasaku Mazawa. Uh, he said that he's going to choose eight members of the public to join him on a trip around the moon called Dear Moon, and it's scheduled to fly on a SpaceX Starship rocket in 2023. He's going to pay for the entire thing. You get to fly for free. And, you know, you think to yourself, well, that's cool. I'd like to do that. And you look at the flight plan and you fly around the earth and you fly around the moon. You come back. It's really cool. It's uh, further than any human has ever gone from planet earth. I mean, it's going to be a great, really cool flight. All right. So he's going to, uh, it's a three days fly to the moon, loop behind it in orbit, spend three days returning. And then, uh, it's the first private lunar mission. All right. So it's good. And it goes farther than any of the Apollo missions or any of that. And it's really, it looks like it would be fun. However, when I see the rocket ship explode after landing, it makes me think, maybe I don't want to take him up on that because it'd be really cool to do. No question. Even I mean, I don't know if they're going to have fat guy seating, but I would love to do it. It would be fun and incredible. But let's say you spend, you know, six days and you're flying your three days flight around the moon and around the earth and you're coming back and you're, it's just this incredible flight. And then uh, you land and you're sitting on the landing concrete slab and you think, wow, that was incredible. I can't wait to tell people about. Oh, that would not be good. Uh, you can quote me on that. That would not be good. Plus, 
What happens if you go on the trip and you fly up there and you have to go through a hurricane? Uh, no, uh, no, 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 no. Thank you. Uh, a scientist, a team of researchers unveiled the results of a study that highlights the first ever observation of a space hurricane in our planet's upper atmosphere. Oh, uh, unlike the cyclones that wreak havoc closer to the surface, the space hurricane was made up of swirling plasma and rained electrons. That sounds like fun. Let's go through that. <laughs> I want to fly through swirling plasma and rained electrons. Yeah. Oh, man, do I want to do that? Man, do I want to know that? Uh, for, we didn't even know they existed. First of all, first of all, first of all, we didn't even know they existed let alone uh, we have them now that we have to worry about. So, I mean, are they going to come down to the earth? Because of climate change, we're now going to be inundated with space hurricanes. Oh, no. Oh, no. Plasma is a hot area of study, and uh, NASA has investigated space tornadoes. Those are um, charged particles with space plasma, with electrons and ions, so we know, I guess, about space tornadoes, but we didn't know about space hurricanes. Oh, okay. No problem. Uh, yeah, it's a oh, look at that. Look at that. That's an unusually large rapid transfer of solar wind energy and, and charged particles. Yeah, into the upper atmosphere. Oh, my gosh. That must be a space hurricane. <laughs> uh, I guess we're going to do we get to name them. I see where they have done a story about naming of the new 2021 hurricanes. And we'll go down the list. But the story is, hey, frozen characters are now named hurricanes. And they mentioned in the story, Elsa, Olaf, Anna. So I said, oh, that's cool. And then uh, I look, and I don't see Olaf. I don't see Olaf in the Atlantic season. So, I know it's in the Northern Pacific Ocean season is Olaf, but that doesn't count. We don't care about We don't live over there. It doesn't count. So, we have Anna, Bill, Claudette, Danny, Elsa, Fred, Grace, Henry, Ida, Julian, Kate, Larry, Mindy, Nicholas, Odette, not Olaf, Peter, Rose, Sam, Teresa, Victor, Wanda. Of course we have a Wanda. WandaVision is this huge new show. And of course we have a Wanda for 2021 too. So for the Atlantic named storms for 2021 you only have elsa and anna olaf isn't good enough for the for the atlantic season and in the pacific you have uh andres blanca carlos dolores enrique felicia gillermont gillermont g-u-i-l-l-e-r-m-o hilda ignacio Jimena, Kevin, Linda, Marty, Nova, Olaf, P- 
Pamela, Rick, Sandy, Terry, Vivian, Waldo, Zena, York, and Zelda for the Pacific names for 2021. So good luck, and we'll be happy to hear those names as they progress in storm coverage and storms over the season. Right? Right. And don't forget that Atlantic hurricane season starts on June 1st. June 1st is the beginning of hurricane season. So just when you're coming out of the pandemic and you're thinking that things are going to get better, then it's hurricane season. So it's nice of the Disney CEO to uh, come on board. I might have to send him a copy of Chewing the Fat. Uh, He said, uh, well, you know, uh, we're probably not going to go back to the old way of doing things. Uh, The pandemic has uh, likely permanently narrowed the window for movies to play only in theaters. Who you think? Pre-pandemic cinemas depended on exclusive 90-day window to screen films before they were made available to home distribution, which we hated to begin with. So uh, now uh, studios are tinkering with that time frame, either shortening it or doing away with it altogether. The consumer is probably more impatient than ever. They've ever been before, particularly since now they've had the luxury of an entire year of getting titles at home pretty much when they want them. Uh, yeah, duh. And he said, I'm not sure there's going back. No, no, there is not. But he also, in his little virtual speech, said, we certainly don't want to do anything like cut the legs off of theatrical exhibition. Why? Why? I mean, you already have. You already have. But he, you know, he's talking about customers don't have the tolerance for months in the theater and not being able to watch it at home. Yeah, no kidding. So I already worked out the deal with you. Okay, I know that you shrunk down the window to 74 days and maybe 30 or 45. No, no, I'm sorry. No, I'll write the deal out for you. Call me. Call me, Disney CEO. Uh, Bob, can I call you Bob? Uh, give me a call. Uh, you can, or just, you know what? Email me chewing the fat at the blaze.com and we'll figure it out. Cause I've got a plan that will make you money you can still send the movies to the theaters. So it stay, the theaters can stay open and charge, you know, $8 billion for their Twizzlers, but they don't get them. They don't get them for 90 days they don't get them for 70 days they don't get them for 30 days we work it out if it's a top movie they get it a little bit longer they can stretch it out if you aren't in the top after a week you're gone have a nice day i may even we may even negotiate two weeks 14 days 14 days tops and then if it's in the top five you get to have it for another seven days so 21 days that's the longest the longest you get it before it hits the streaming. Sorry. It's just the way it goes. We wanted that before the pandemic, and now during the pandemic when you couldn't be open and, you know, even with hosing down the seats and everything, that's it. So, Bob, you said I could call you Bob. Uh, I know you're the, you know, CEO of Disney, and you got a lot on your plate. So email me, chewingthefatattheblaze.com. We can do We can do a live interview if you'd like. And we can let the you know let the world know, or you and I could just talk privately, and uh, you know I'll have the contract written up, and you can work it out, and you can lay it in front of the movie theaters, 
and they can take it or leave it. And if they leave it, so be it. You'll get a movie when we give it to you. And after that, tough. Then you can play Gone with the Wind 80,000 days in a row and hope that somebody stops in to buy your $8 a quart popcorn and $25 bag of Twizzlers. Okay? All right, then. I don't know, that ticks me off a little bit. Bob hasn't called me. Should have already emailed me. Let me look. So I talked a little bit yesterday about uh, you know giving Kevin Costner some love, but I was looking at Yellowstone and being the you know number one show, and they love it. And now they're spinning off all these new shows because of Yellowstone. And one is Mayor of Kingstown, which this this uh, follows the McCluskey family, uh, power brokers in Kingstown, Michigan, which uh, you know I kind of like the idea, Landman. Uh, proverbial boomtown of West Texas landman. Uh, one of them is called uh, 666, 6666, four sixes. Uh, another West Texas, uh, West Texas early and early show, and one called 1883, where it follows the Dutton family as they journey through the Great Plains toward uh, the last bastion of untamed America and it, you know gets them to the beginning of uh you know the beginning of the beginning of Yellowstone I like that that might be good and uh the early Texas and Boomtown Texas that's what uh what's his face's show that's what what's his face's show was you know Pierce Bronson with uh, the sun that was uh, here in Texas, and it was uh, the early days of building land, and he was braised by Indians and all that stuff. Remember, we talked about it because the timeline didn't work. I love the show, and I love the premise behind it, but the way they built it up, age-wise, for him to have done what they said he had done and then reached into the future as the time passed, the age, the timeline didn't really work. He would have been you know, a lot older than what they said he was. And they said he was pretty old, and he still would have had to been a lot older than uh, than what they said. Anyway, those sound like interesting shows. But really what I wanted to talk about is that I read this article about Kevin Costner. And they started talking about what a great, illustrious career he had. And they, were, and they weren't really bad-mouthing him, but they were talking about movies that he had done and what, uh, you know, they mentioned a bunch of movies that he had done. And really what it was was a promo for Netflix, and they were talking about uh, uh, his movie Dances with Wolves showing up on Netflix. And I, I love Dances with Wolves. I mean, it's a really cool movie. But I like a lot of Kevin Costner movies, uh, and and I like a lot of his work, no question. But they never meant – I mean, they mentioned all his – all of these uh, movies that he was in, and you can start going down the list. I mean, the guy has been in some huge – movies right he's done he's done a, a lot of work and uh you know the untouchables and silverado no way out water were robin hood prince of thieves and on and on and on but they never mentioned one of my favorites mr brooks he's a serial killer in that movie it is with uh demi moore and dane cook and william hurt is in it uh, William Hurt play, plays his, you know, alter ego in the movie, in the show. Oh, no, that's a movie. Yeah, Mr. Brooks is a movie. And uh, anyway, I, they never, they never mentioned Mr. Brooks, and it ticks me off because that's one of that's a really good piece of work. And so is, uh, you know, the uh, the other movie that I really love by him. You know that one. 
you know, never mind all the stuff that he's produced and directed, but when you start going down the list of movies that uh, that he's done, uh, you'll think, wow, what a uh, what a career. Now, the movie that I was uh, thinking of with uh, Kevin Costner was... I can't think of the name of that stupid movie right now. I'm looking at the list of movies on here so I could tell you the name of that stupid movie because they're all... They're all really good. The ones, the Postman. That's another really long one. You know, Waterworld, The Postman, Dancing with Wolves. They're all monster long movies. But I love The Postman. Post apocalyptic. But Tin Cup, funny, really good. Wyatt Earp. He plays a great Wyatt Earp. Um, but you look down and you start getting, uh, start getting up closer to today. Mr. Brooks, Field of Dreams two, but Field of Dreams one was great. Man of Steel. He's in. Uh, Jack Ryan, the Shadow Recruit, that was really good. All right, I know, I know. Molly's Game, that was really good. That was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Played uh, plays your dad, that was really good. The High Women, love that movie. Um, and Yellowstone, of course, going on right now. I mean, he's been in some big stuff. So anyway, don't start bad mouthing Kevin Costner when you start talking about Kevin. He's the man. Okay. I know. I know. You're looking at me like, no, Jeff, he's not the man. Yes, he is. It's Kevin freaking Costner. So I had an opportunity to interview uh, Chris Bordessa, and she is a, uh, well, I don't want to call her a survivalist, but her latest book, Attainable, Sustainable, uh, goes through what you have to do to create things in your life to stay alive and it's so important i know that uh, you know we're uh everybody wants to be some kind of prepper in today's world uh because of uh you know things that are going on around the world and close to home and i thought the book was really fascinating and i had an opportunity to talk to her about it and if you uh I wanted you to listen to the interview and hear from Chris. You can also watch the interview on my YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher, and subscribe there as well. But I wanted you to get an opportunity to uh, hear from Chris as well. So if you listen to the interview and you think, man, I'd like to, I'd like to hear more, you can, watch the, you can watch the YouTube video as well. Okay? All right. Thank you. Um, attainable, sustainable. Many of you probably already know my next guest, Chris Bordessa. Chris, welcome to Chewing the Fat. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. Good to talk to you today. Uh, We're talking about, oh my gosh, the title of the book, Attainable Sustainable. Oh, and you have it right there. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. It's a great name. Uh, I don't know how you came up with it though uh many of us are you know find it difficult in today's world to attain sustainability uh outside of uh, you know running to uh, the walmart grocery store and the kroger grocery store but uh some that are past the age of you know my age uh remember their uh folks and their grandparents canning and garden gardening and growing things and uh really in today's world like your book says it's the lost art of self-reliant living Mm -hmm. and uh i mean you know as well as anyone the struggles 
that uh, people have. We just had the problem here in Texas where I, where I broadcast from this past week. And uh, I'm fortunate to have my wife, who is, uh, you know, a, a sustainability uh, human being. So I felt pretty good. No problem. No, with, with no problem, we were good. I knew we were good. But a lot of people really struggled. And uh, yeah. people are still struggling because they weren't really prepared. And uh, this book, incredible. I was going through it this morning, uh, looking at it like, this is stuff that, I mean, it is a lost art, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I, you know, I think that we've done the past couple of generations a disservice by not um, not passing some of that, that knowledge down. You, you know, like, like you, I had... Um, Parents who, you know, my mom was canned all the time. So I grew up and I had that base and I knew a little bit, you know, how to, um, how to move into that. I and, wish I would have paid more attention. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, you know, a whole generation or two who haven't ever seen that. So it's, they're having to learn something just brand new, Completely you know, new. rather yeah. than, um, than having at least that base knowledge. Right now. So as we go through the book and I could spend, you know, hours with you and i know that um how much would fun would that be you and me for hours but uh, i know you're backed up today so let's just i we'll just break down the book real quick i see that there's you know there's six chapters so mm -hmm. we'll go through each chapter and give you know when we start at chapter one which is more i think my favorite eat that's everybody's uh, Right. Uh, what's let's let's do like the top thing that comes to your mind in each chapter that's most important. Eat. Who eat? Uh, I know. Uh, uh, the most important thing in the eat chapter to me would be the. Ooh, that's a hard one. Uh, the, the DIY pantry. Learning how to make our own pantry goods. Um, ourselves rather than buying that salad dressing in a plastic bottle, what have you, that that's going to help. It's going to, you know, work, be good for your budget and it's going to help you eliminate some of the plastics you're bringing into the house and, right. and the yucky ingredients too. Right. So most importantly, the pantry. Let's get that pantry. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, make. And that, that goes back to your pantry, right? I mean, really, it kind of ties together. Amazing how it all ties together. Yeah, everything is. Yeah, everything is connected. The um, the make section. Um, uh, gosh, I got. I just. I got to go with quilting. I got to go with quilting. Oh yeah, okay. Because it's a way to turn something that is uh, no longer of use, a torn shirt, what have you, into something functional and beautiful. Uh, clean. Yeah. Number three, clean under the uh, part one indoors yeah. of attainable, sustainable. And clean is funny because it, it covers a lot of ground. It covers both, you know, household cleaning kind of stuff and personal care uh, product. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the one thing in, in this, this, this is going to maybe make people question, you know, raise their eyebrows a little bit. <laughs> the one thing in there that I absolutely love and I, I use it every day is the tallow bomb. Uh, it's a, a moisturizer, and it is actually made with beef tallow, um, and, which, you know, if somebody had told me 10 years ago I'd be be using that, I would have laughed. But it is <laughs> it is the best uh, moisturizer. It's, it's wonderful. Now, is that coming from uh, your herd out back? No. Do I have to have a herd? No, actually, not at all. I don't. I don't keep cows. I don't have space here to keep cows. Um, I, I picked up the tallow at my local butcher shop that, um, they bring in all local, local beef uh -huh. and they prepare the tallow there. 
Right. Uh, just as a side note now, and maybe we get to that uh, as we go to part two of the book, uh, Attainable, Sustainable, we will. Uh, but how uh, how many animals do you have? Do you have any animals or do you just go to the local butcher store and say, hey, uh, you know, I'll take that chicken there? Um, no, actually, we raise chickens um, and, and I do butcher chickens here. Um uh-huh. And I have I, I, a flock of close to 20 hens right now that are egg laying. Um, wow. So, yeah, I have those. What does that uh, get for you? 20 hens laying eggs. What are you, how many, what are you producing a day from that? Close to a dozen a day. Wow. Okay. That's not yeah. bad. Close, close to a dozen eggs, eggs a day. Are they, uh, are, are they, uh, and here we go. I, again, I could go for another hour. Are <laughs> they, uh, specific, uh, secret chickens mailed in from Brazil or are they just uh, regular chickens from uh, the U S they're just, they're, they're regular chickens. And as soon as you ask that question, the breed just, just completely left my brain. Okay. Um, but I mean, the eggs are not, uh, special colors or anything. I mean, they're it, just, you know, they're brown. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they're regular brown eggs. I don't have, I, I really, I would like to have some of the, the green and blue eggs. Right, yeah, yeah. Just because it's fun, but I I have this breed, uh, uh, Delaware breed is what they are, sorry. Um, they are specifically, they're, they're good for meat and egg production, so right. I like to keep them. I can remember, so I, you know, I can remember as a really little kid uh, watching the, uh, the chopping off of the chicken heads in the farm when I was a real little kid, yeah. you know, butchering the chickens and thinking, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, you know what? It's I, I struggled with it. It was a hard thing to shift into, but I feel very strongly that if I'm going to eat chickens or, or, or meat, it, it, it right. really it is good for me. I've had people say, how in the world can you possibly eat a chicken like that and and i'm not sure what they <laughs> where they think their chickens came from right but that you is know, right it's that, different when it's in the uh, when it's in the grocery store right yeah yeah, yeah. So there's, a, there's a disconnect it's it's a mindset that and and i don't you know it's not my favorite chore um but my my sure. have my boys here my boys help me uh, we all have our own parts that we do sure. and we get through it and um but, but I know where the food came from. Right. So, and then, I mean, that, that's what's important about, you know, the book and, uh, you know, even a lifestyle, not necessarily a prepper lifestyle, but, you know, being prepared, right, is being uh, realizing that you're attaining sustainability. You might not get it, but it's important. I, mean, I spent years in Florida. We had hurricanes that we had to worry about. Now I'm in Texas. I'm worrying about snowstorms and ice storms. I mean, <laughs> it's the same kind of thing, right? So when you talk about uh, part two is farm. Uh, so what do you guys, do you have the, you know, the acre garden, uh, on the corner of the field or are you doing more than that? Um, we have here, so I'm in Hawaii. Um, I don't, okay. So, so what we grow here looks a little bit different maybe than what, what you'd be growing. Okay. Um, Things that grow well there, like zucchini, I cannot grow. Well, Um, I mean, that's part of knowing where you live too, right? And and that's it is, is I've had to learn and it took me a while because I used to have just an amazing garden in California where I grew up and to come here and have to change and realize, oh, I cannot, you know, I, you, you grow zucchini because it's prolific, right? Um, yeah. And it's not prolific here. It's, and it, there's just no sense doing that. So, so I cannot do that. Um, 
So yeah, I've got a number of really large raised beds, and I also have a number of taro patches uh, where we grow what is the uh, uh, starchy root crop that that grows okay. well here. Um, it's what what they make poi out of so, that a lot of people may be familiar with. So most importantly, I mean, if you're going to farm, we need to uh, you know concern ourselves with where you live and what grows in your in your area, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I always say talk to your cooperative extension office, talk to your neighbor and find out what's doing well and, and plant that. And uh, the last chapter uh, is trek. Uh, mm. What do you mean by that? I mean, get outside. I, <laughs> <laughs> no. Know, uh, I, I, mean, that, I mean, that's exactly it, right? It, is get outside, yeah. go hiking, find out if you've got a regional park where you can go explore and and right. see the trees that are growing but you know we've gotten so and here i am on my computer talking to you of course we've gotten so um intent on on working and we've got the computer and we're indoors and we've got the tv you know take a sketchbook outside and go um go see what's happening out there and pay attention Important. well i know we're up against the clock here but there's a couple little things here one is the uh, tools every homesteader should have most important tool Oh gosh! You're, you're going to make me remember what's on the list. An um, axe. Okay, so. I think I think that list has canning jars on it, and oh, and yeah. you know canning jars. I mean, you can hardly go wrong with those. You're going to use them for food preservation. You can use them to store dry goods. You, you know, they're they're pretty handy. I use them for for keeping everything in. And they look so darn nice in that pantry that and we started it off with, doesn't it? And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Attainable, sustainable. Chris Bordessa. Chris, you can obviously follow her on her blog and her website Attainable, Sustainable, but uh, the book is a must-have. No question. Put out by National Geographic. Attainable, Sustainable. Chris, thank you so much for joining me thank on you. Chewing the Fat today. Uh, it was great. It was great. Yeah, you have a good day.